Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Today I want to read to you from the book of 1 Timothy chapter 1. I'm going to start at verse 12. The Bible says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. 13. Who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. This is such an awesome passage because one thing that Paul realized is he's not who he was. Uh, Paul was pretty clear to say, hey, out of, out of all the people, who knows how many people were living on planet Earth back there in Paul's day 2,000 years ago. Um, but right now we have seven and a half billion people. But Paul was basically saying, man, out of anyone that's alive, I am the greatest of, I was the greatest of all the sinners. I was chief of all the sinners. There's a tendency for Christians because of really the thought patterns that the devil tries to bring. There's a tendency for people to spend their life discounting themselves as a Christian, discounting themselves for the inheritance of God, discounting themselves for the life of God, for their healing, discounting themselves for abundance because of who they once were. But Paul said, hey, I was this person. I was the worst of the worst. And God actually saved me because he wanted to use me as a pattern. That if you look at your life and say, man, I've done some terrible things. But if I'm going to be honest, I'm not on Paul's level of terrible. I haven't been waking up. I hadn't been waking up every day, putting on my clothes, getting ready so I could go and hunt down Christians and have them locked up or have them killed. I've never killed any Christians in my lifetime, right? And so you can look at your life and you can look at Paul and say, man, if God can take Paul from the very far end of the spectrum of uh, the worst of the worst, if you think about on planet earth today, who would you say, if I say who's furthest from salvation, right? Who's furthest from the kingdom of God? And you look at someone and you see the pattern of their life and you say, man, if I... Out of the people that I can see, the visible people, I would say this person is the furthest from the kingdom of God. You know, whoever it is, someone in music, someone who's whatever, openly the head of the the Satanist church, that God would save somebody and, and use them as an example of God's grace where he says, man, look where I came from and look where God brought me to. First Corinthians chapter 15, um, verse eight. Uh, well, let's, we'll actually read from verse, um, uh, nine. So first Corinthians 15, pulling it up here. And it says, for I am the least of all the apostles that I'm not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. This is a, uh, I love this verse because it's kind of hidden in there. You can look at this and be like, man, Paul, Paul was boasting at this point. He was basically calling out all the other apostles and saying, hey, even out of the 12 that walked with Jesus, I've labored more than all of them. I've got more done for the kingdom of God. I've worked harder than all of them. 
But I'll be the first to tell you, it wasn't me at work. It was the grace of God within me. The reason I went from persecuting the church the greatest of all sinners, to the most foremost, the, the foremost of all the apostles, writing two-thirds of the New Testament, is because of the grace of God inside me. So you can look at your own life, where the devil tries to remind you of who you are, the mistakes you made, and tries to disqualify you. Use Paul as your example. Devil, you're trying to remind me of my past, but re- let me remind you of Paul, who went from injurious persecuting the church to the to the greatest and getting the most done in the kingdom of God. I have been saved. I have been become a new creature. I'm not who I was. My old life is gone. God said he separates you from your sin as far as the east is from the west. The east and the west never meet. So as far away as you can get east to west on this circle, right? As far away as you can get Even if you walk 10 feet in one direction, the sin stays, you know, moves in the same direction and stays as far away from you as humanly possible. Anywhere you go on the planet, the, the, the sin that God has done away with, if I need to keep going in my example, uh, the sin that God has done away with, he's washed it away by the blood. There's no more remembrance of this. And so, so many people find themselves in a place of a pattern of, of negative thoughts, of disqualifying themselves from what God has promised them simply because of the past, simply because of what God, simply because of what God has done away with, but what the devil tries to remind them of. Philippians chapter 3, I'm going to read from verse 7. But those, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yes, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Look at what Paul's saying here. Where is his focus? His focus is ahead. He's not looking back. He says, everything that was in my past, it used to be the things that was gained to me. Now it's loss. And now I look forward to Christ Jesus. I want to know him. I want to be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him. And where's Paul's vision at this point? It's on two places, Jesus and the future, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. Paul's even looking ahead to when he's going to die and get to see the Lord. He's saying, if my death needs to match the Messiah's, then so be it that I may attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I'd already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which I also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high call of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if in anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Paul's saying, I'm only looking in one direction. I'm looking ahead at Christ Jesus. And I want you to think the same way. Forget those things behind. Paul says, hey, there's only one thing I do. Forget those things that are behind and press forward. You know, there was a time in my life where when I was graduating Bible school, where my, my relationship with the Holy Spirit really started to develop. I was reading a book about the Holy Spirit and my, the intimacy between me and the Lord started to develop. And it, it became this 
this really th- this exciting time in my life of developing my my walk with the Lord and and man so awesome and then I remember a time where I don't really know what happened but I look back and it was gone you know life gets busy and and then I was like man it's been a couple days and I haven't spoken to the Lord I haven't spoken to the Holy Spirit. it's almost like you just like you can with a with a friend like l- drift apart right and then all of a sudden, I felt like, man, I was trying to get back to this place. And I was always looking back, trying to get back, trying to get back, trying to get back. And man, it took me a few years, but to understand, there's no getting back with the Lord. If you repent, and at this point, even if it was, man, I used to be on fire for the Lord, but I feel like I'm stuck, that you can make a decision. Father, I'm coming to you as me today, on this day. And Lord, I I want to be in close companionship with you. I'm not trying to get back to something I had, but let's move forward together. Lord, I want you, and I know that you're not turning me down. So let's move forward. And as 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 uh, the Lord said to the the churches in the book of Revelation, He said, "Return to your fir- and do the first works. Return to intimacy. Return to your time of worship. Return to the." Many people get stuck, and they're just like, "I don't know where to go. I know I I, I used to have more than I have." And but but just the just the action of trying to get back to something, you try to recreate it, put on the same songs. This is what I was doing, and it took me years to realize. I just need to get real with the Lord, Lord, because I would repent. Lord, take me back to what I had, and I would try and the same songs and same music, and it wasn't the same. Or I just had to get real with the Lord and say, Lord, this is me, and I want to I want to have a close relationship with you. I want to move forward, and the Lord allows that. Don't allow yourself to get stuck in negative thinking. Allow allow yourself to get stuck in thinking of, man, what could have been, right? People defeat themselves with these thought patterns. God has a plan for you and it's always to move forward. So wherever you're standing right now, wherever you're situated in life right now, there's always a way forward. There's always a, okay, God, I'm serious about my commitment to you. Maybe there's some basic practical things that I need to change. I need to make time for prayer. I need to make I need to spend time in the word. But there's always forward. Your relationship with God is is up to you. You're not waiting on the Lord to do something. It's up to you. But people get stuck. So don't allow yourself to get stuck. Don't allow yourself to stay in a mindset of trying to get back. This one thing I do Forgetting those things that lie behind, I press on towards the mark of the high call of God. God has so much in store for you. God has so much planned for your life that you can't waste any more days in it, stuck in negative thinking about who you are or what you had or what you lost or whatever it is. Even if it's a low self-esteem, low self-esteem is not from the Lord. That's not humility. Low self-esteem comes from not loving yourself. You were meant to, to be loved. You were created to be loved. If God had his way, you would have been born into a home with parents that loved you, with parents that nurtured you, with parents that took care of you, with parents that reaffirmed you. And then you would grow up loving yourself and loving others. But for many people, they don't, you don't choose your family situation. Many people, they're born into the exact opposite. Parents that didn't care. Parents that gave them up for adoption, right? And they feel like a second-rate citizen. But I'm here to tell you that you are loved. God himself. Listen, it doesn't matter who dumped you, who let you go. God himself loves you. God himself cares for you. God himself, hear me on this, chose you. He picked you out and said, that one, I want them. 
They belong to me. I'm going to draw them by my Holy Spirit. You didn't come to God because you were lonely. You came to God because he drew you. The only reason you were able to repent is because God drew you to himself. You should thank the Lord. Holy Ghost, thank you for drawing me to the Father. Thank you for drawing me to yourself. Thank you for drawing me to Jesus. Thank you for drawing me and allowing me to repent and see my sin. Thank you for the work of salvation. God wanted you. God still wants you. Everything God is doing is to get you into heaven and to bring others with you. That's God's whole plan. He's not willing that any should perish, but all would come to repentance. So allow God to love you. Allow yourself to be loved. Allow yourself to love yourself. Man, I'm awesome. I'm loved by God. That means I can love myself. I've got the green light. I'm allowed to love myself because God loves me. Man, it's a good day. Man, I'm happy to be alive. You, you get out of the negative thinking. Many people would have very strong faith, but because of negative thoughts, they cancel their faith. You know, I don't know. It's just been a bad year. And who knows? Next year could be worse. Man, what does the Bible say? I go from glory to glory. Oh my, though my be- Job 8, though my beginning was small, yet shall your latter end shall greatly increase. How about that one? Man, Job 8, 7. How about that one? My latter end shall greatly increase. Amen to that. But God has great things in store for you. Allow yourself to think the thoughts of God. Forget what lies behind. God isn't looking back at your sin. He doesn't see it. Stop looking back at your sin. It ain't cute. Stop looking back at it. Let God determine your future. Choose the Bible as your way of thinking. And choose the, what the Word of God says over what you see or what other people have told you. And you may have to even write it on the wall, not on the wall itself, but get pieces of paper, put it up. I'm loved. And sit and look at it until you feel it. Man, the creator of the universe loves me. How about that? Hey, some I may not be well known. I may not be famous. But God himself knows my name. How about this one? Don't rejoice that, that you, the demons are subject to you in my name. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. How about that one? Your name is written. Who wrote your name in heaven? Was it an angel? Was it God? I don't know. I don't know the answer. Maybe one of you can tell me. But someone took the time to write your name down on a scroll in heaven, on a whiteboard in heaven, on a who knows what, a roll call in heaven, in a giant book in heaven. I don't know where it's written, but there's somewhere is written your name. Man, that makes me happy. My name, Ryan David Yosta, or whatever the Lord wants to call me, (laughs) written in heaven. I'm a child of God. As you rejoice over these realities, they come alive to you. If you say, oh, I've heard that before, and you can't rejoice, just begin to rejoice by faith. Those things will come alive to you in Jesus' name. I love you. We love you. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you soon. And stay tuned because we're going to be having a baby soon. Supposed to be in December, maybe beginning of January. We'll see, right? But uh, stay tuned for pictures. Going to be awesome. Little Luke coming soon. We love you. We'll see you soon.